Recording in progress. Okay. It's going to be a great time. Oh, boy. Okay. Does that sound interesting? Cool. Damn, I look so good. Right, let's just wait. You ready? Four hours later. Dear Tech. Oh. That like, made me tired. Uh, hey everyone, and welcome back. And today we're asking, dear tech, what's up with quiet quitting? So, friend, what mm -hmm. is up with quiet quitting? What is up with quiet quitting? That is a damn good question. Um, to be honest, this is like a term I, I wonder what the what the first time I heard this term. I don't know if it was like start of this year or end of 2021 or like sometime in 20. It's it's like a newer term for me that I didn't know much about and I just started hearing like more and more in conversations and articles and on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm definitely still learning, but through like the conversations we've had and the research we've done and what we've seen, um, interpretation, which is always evolving of the term quiet quitting is an employee basically being like, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do the exact requirements of my job and that's it. Cap, cut, top, there's a ceiling. I'm not going above and beyond. I'm not fucking raising my hand for more. I'm not staying late. That's it. I'm going to do my job and that's it. No more. Yeah. So that's but that's the thing, right? Like when I when I heard of quiet quitting or when it came about, it sounded like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. When you dig into it, it's just doing your job. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I understand for some companies, well, it depends, right? For some companies, it's like, okay, like we would like most, most people not to be doing the bare minimum or, or just their jobs, obviously. Right. But for mm -hmm. other companies, it's like, oh my God, our culture is going down the drain. And it's like, no, you just have people that are having boundaries. That's essentially, you know, setting boundaries for their job. Mm -hmm. Um, but but I just, you know, depending on who you ask, you're going to get a different answer in terms of like, you know, is it a bad thing or is it a good thing or is it neither? Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, you're right. I think the pandemic basically brought on the terminology. I think there's definitely been people that have been doing it for a while. There's definitely people that are mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do what I do. Um, but the pandemic definitely brought a higher volume of it. And also the term came about. Right. Right. Um, and I was just thinking about like the, the two terms too, kind of broken up too. like quiet. is just like, you're not yelling about it. Like you're not, you don't have qualms. You're not speaking up. You're not talking about it. You're just like doing your thing and not being loud about it. And then, but then the term quitting is like, almost like you're giving up or you're stopping or you're, you're literally giving your notice. So it's like kind of an interesting, um, term. And and that's why I I suspect, and I could be hundred percent wrong, but that the term was given by like someone from the company or from mm -hmm. like a management like who position. Came up with this, yeah. Yeah, because let us know if you were the one <laughs> who came up with the term "quiet quitting." Let us yeah, know. Comment and then, but be warned because you're probably gonna get some <laughs> rude text messages or <laughs> comments or whatever. Um, no, but because I, I think is from a manager perspective or from a company perspective, somebody might look at someone doing the bare minimum, doing their job, and be like, "Oh, this person's on their way out." 
which might not be the case, right? They could just be like, no, I'm, I just, I want to be here. It's like, think of life outside of work. It's like Jim Halpert, right? If we think of Jim Halpert versus Dwight Schrute from The Office. Okay. Okay. So I don't know what you're talking about. John Krasinski's character. Yeah, yeah, sure. John Krasinski's character in The Office comes into work, does his job, and then leaves. But then Dwight Schrute's character like lives for the job. Like he's like, I love it here. I want to mm-hmm. do as much as I can. I want to be friends with the boss and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, that's that's the way I look at it, where it's there. there's nothing wrong with either of those things. Right. Like if you want to progress, if you want to get, you know, aggressive promotions. Yeah. Stay. Put your time in. Um, but if you're, you know, setting boundaries is fine, too. Um, but I think, and you know, when going back to the pandemic, when we were talking about it, it's like all of a sudden people found out what their lives would be like if they weren't workaholics, which I think a lot of America, Mm. the United States, we were, a lot of us were, regardless of how we felt about it, we were like, no, but this is what we have to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the pandemic came around and whether you were laid off or work slowed down or you went remote, you know, especially if you went remote, you realized, oh, wait, I can like oh, I have a break between two meetings and I can like play with my dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like, you know, whatever it may be. Um, we realize that life outside of work exists <laughs> and that we can do our jobs, but also live our lives without picking one or the other. Yeah, for sure. I think if I'm, I don't necessarily, and we'll talk about this more later. I don't necessarily love the term quiet quitting my interpretation of the intent of the term i like i'm all for but the term itself i don't necessarily love i think for myself if we're talking about like setting boundary healthy boundaries between work and life because like historic not historically previously and i still do like i identify so much with my job and not necessarily in a fully healthy like balanced way um But like earlier on in my career, I like, I 100% and I still am, but I 100% was that person who was staying later, like putting in crazy amount of hours. Like I was the workhorse, like I was going to get shit done. And like, that's how I was viewed. And I was proud of it. But at a certain point, you're going to fucking burn out. Like we're not limitless. Like, and I, I want a life outside of my job. So like, like for me in terms of setting boundaries and like the kind of underlying, um, meaning of quiet quitting. I think that process started for me personally before the pandemic. Um, but I definitely think, and can also see how for individuals in different, um, circumstances, how 100% the pandemic, um, escalated the, um, embracing of quiet quitting and setting boundaries and, um, not as wholly identifying with your job. I think when, when our personal and professional lives were so like unceremoniously smushed together with us all working from home. Um, but I definitely, I definitely think it, it had a huge impact, but it's obviously everyone's different based on circumstance. Yeah. And I agree with you. I don't like the term quiet quitting. And I think, but there's also, I think it should be differentiated. Like I think quiet quitting is very specific in the sense of like, this is all I'm going to do. I think what you're talking about for yourself is you just set more boundaries, but I, but like you still do more and I know you, yeah. that's why I can say this. You still do more <laughs> than the minimum for your job. Yeah. Um. But I think, and like, you know, I think that it's a little different, but I also think going back to what you were saying before, 
some people realize that work doesn't have to be where they find fulfillment. And that's mm-hmm. where that comes into. Because another thing, and it's something we'll probably touch on later is about like, if you know, companies that don't want quiet quitting to be a thing in their company. Well, that comes down to like, are you giving purpose to your employee? Right? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of where that is. But I don't, I don't really want to jump into that right now. You mentioned a little bit, but how, how have you been, if you want to give an example for yourself, because you said you were very much not quite quitting before, but you've kind of eased off. Mm-hmm. How have you been setting boundaries lately? Um, I decline calendar invites <laughs> that are outside my core work hours. Okay. Um, I literally say no. I've gotten better at saying no. I'm definitely a yes person. Um, so I've declined invites. I set like on the outlook, I set the parameters on my core work hours. Um, it's really hard for me to say no. Like when I know I can do shit and I know I can impact stuff and I'm a people pleaser and I want to shine. Um, but I've honestly gotten like better about listening to my body because I like, I get like, if I'm doing too much or burnout, you get fucking tired. Um, so literally just like pausing before like my instant reaction of saying yes to someone when someone asks me for something or there's an opportunity to volunteer for something, pausing first and like taking inventory of my life. Do I have the bandwidth? Do I have the time? Do I have the space for this? And is it going to benefit me or those around me? Um, so I think for me in so many aspects, but specific for this too, um, being better about setting boundaries in line with quiet quitting um, for my own wellness has been really important. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, so I will I will say that if I'm being honest, like I'm not yet in a place where I'm quite quitting almost at all. I'd have set boundaries and we've talked about it because you know, I I was someone when when you and I started first working, I was like, it would be like seven o'clock my time and I'd still be online. You'd be like, what are you doing online? Um, and I don't do that as much. And I do have some boundaries that I set up. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm online by nine o'clock was when I should be working, but I don't take any meetings from nine to 10. I try not to respond to Slack. That's for my term to like get ready for, for work. Um, but at the same time, I am very much available all the time. And it's also because my goals are a little different, right? Right now I see myself like I not only do I have, and I'm not saying I do this 24 seven or every day. And if I need some time to prevent burnout, like I will stop and I will slow down. But in general, I think for me, because I'm in that progressive and I know you are too, but I I think you're better at setting boundaries. And I think I'm still figuring myself out. um, I haven't done as much as I probably should. Um, But, and again, and I think I'm also hesitant because I really, really do hate the term quiet quitting. That's something that Mm -hmm. it it's not, it's not a healthy term because we're mm-hmm. not quitting. People that are quiet quitting mm-hmm. are quitting. Um, I think it's just setting boundaries. I think that's it. And I think mm-hmm. the bosses of the world really don't like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where quiet quitting came from. I feel like that the one other element of that, that I would be curious to hear your thoughts on is I think like, depending on the person, quiet quitting could be like, okay, are, are you utilizing that term because you're like fed up with your job and you're just staying there for a paycheck? Like, is that how we're defining quite quitting? Cause that's not, that's not necessarily how I would define it. Um, but I think based on the individual, that's how they could define quiet quitting. 
that makes I sense. think it does. And I think that all of it is a spectrum in the sense that yeah. you're gonna have people, and I think a term that I used just yesterday, like you're gonna always have the people that are like that are uh, what what did I say? Like not give a shitters, like they're they don't mm. care and they never yeah. will. Um, and that's probably the people that aren't doing well in your company and they don't want to be there and you probably don't want them to be there. There's, there's that amount. But then there's the people that like, not that they're not give a shitters, but they will do like, again, quite the bottom end of quiet quitting where it's like, they're doing the bare minimum. They're doing exactly what you need them to do. And you need that. Everyone can't be a rock star. Everyone shouldn't be a rock star and you shouldn't expect that from people. Right. Oz, I think sure. those people can still be rock stars. They just have other priorities or interests or things that require their time. No, I agree. I'm saying, but if I don't want to be a rock star, you shouldn't want me to be a rock star, right? Like wait, if I don't want to be, don't want me to be, no, if wait, I don't want to be that. a rock star. So if I don't want to be a rock star in your company, I just want to uh -huh. do my job and leave. Yeah. You shouldn't be like, well, you should work harder and you should apply yourself more. If I don't want that for myself, you shouldn't want that for me. Right. Just Unless it's like doing my job. Yeah. yeah. But and and again, someone might be like, yeah, but like, what if they have potential that they don't know about? Yeah. Let them know about it. But as soon as they if they know that they have potential and they're like, yeah, but this is just not what I want to do. Um, it's the same as like if you were offered a promotion that you didn't want because you didn't want to put more time in. Don't force the promotion on the person. Right. You should mm -hmm. you can guide them. You can let them know, hey, like you can do this. And if they're like, yeah, I know I can do it. I don't want to right now. Mm -hmm. I want to take care of my parents. I want to spend time with my dog. I want to, you know, do whatever else they want to do. You as a boss or an authority figure can't want it more for them than they want it for themselves. Right. So my thing is if you have, let's say, let's break it up into 30, 30, 30, right. Let's say 30% of people or 33% of people are rock stars. 33% of people are middle quiet quitting people that are there that are doing their jobs. Right. And then 33% of people and the number is probably going to be less, but that don't care. Right. Our job is to recognize people for what what they want to be or what they are and then help them do that the best way they can, in my opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. So if someone as is a manager, you're saying as right? a manager, right, as, yeah. or as a company or whatever, as an authority mm -hmm. figure. So if you have someone who is struggling, but they want to do better, but they're struggling to do better, your job is to facilitate that. So let's say I'm a I'm a quiet quitter, whatever. I'm a middle person who wants to be a rock star. My job as a manager, as an authority figure is to help them get there. But if I'm in the middle and that's where I want to be and I'm getting my job done and I'm hitting my KPIs and I'm not causing any problems and I'm not falling short, you know, because there are companies out there that will replace that person, mm -hmm. you know, that'll be like, oh, this person isn't, you know, giving, staying late or giving their 110%. So we need to find more people like that. That's very unhealthy for, for work culture. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and if someone doesn't want to be at your company, I mean, that's something for you to assess as well and, you know, help them do that. Um, yeah. But this I just. A little think... offshoot. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go you first. Offshoot. But I'm curious how many people who've been presented with opportunities for promotion have declined them. So I feel like it's rare. I, there's, there's someone that comes to mind back when I was at agency. Same. Who that individual was like OG fucking OG recruiter. She, um, like everyone went to her for questions. She had an overflowing amount of knowledge. And from, from my understanding, she loved the role she was in. She didn't want to, um, I don't believe she wanted to move into like formal management roles 
where she most definitely could have. So, but I think that's rare. So at my first agency ever, um, I quit and the manager at the time quit. And then the person that I had trained was basically the only one left or, or someone else quit too. And they asked this person, can you, do you want to be the manager? Um, and he literally didn't take it because the pay wasn't enough. And he was like, no, I'll stay as a recruiter because you're not going to pay enough. That was it. Right. Yeah. Um, and he said, like, if, if you pay me X, I'll do it. If you don't pay me X, I will stay as a recruiter. Um, and that's what he decided to do. But I think um, outside of that, I know people that took the promotion, hated it, left the company and went back to their previous role. I know two mm-hmm. people who went from managers or directors back to ICs because they, they yeah. realized it wasn't for them. Um, so it, I don't, I don't think it's common for sure, but I do think we, there's probably more people out there that took the promotion and decided that wasn't, it wasn't for them. Yeah. Which happened um, to me too. Oh, really? <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Tell, tell um, the, tell the listeners and viewers. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> um, it was literally an agency. I moved into the account management role. Um, and it was very much so like a sales capacity, um, and kind of a shortened down version of how I was feeling in my assessment. I felt like I was selling my soul in that role. It was just not, not for me. Um, and then, then when I went over to Yahoo, I went back into an IC role, but see that, which that's is individual thing. contributor for anyone who's wondering about that. Group. Yes. IC is individual contributor, but I was going to say so funny, and this is a different conversation, but I find it funny how in some agencies, uh, sales becomes a promotion from recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't agree with. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, they're two different, very different yeah, jobs, right? They're very yeah. different skill sets. Um, yeah, but but that that absolutely makes sense. Uh, yeah, recruiting and sales are two different things. Um, but yeah, but when it comes to, to quiet quitting, so we, I think I said how, what I thought about that whole middle part. Like what did, did you, mm. do you, th- do you agree? Or do you think that I'm a little off or should we push these quiet quitters to become like what do you think yeah i think i'm i'm mostly in agreement i think i think my it'll be interesting to see like if a year from now this term is still uh utilized or if it's just kind of a hot topic that's blown up this year um so i think that happens often uh, it's kind of more just like a fad term but i think so like my personal opinion one i agree like i don't love the um term i don't think it's an accurate representation of the true meaning of what the label is covering. Um, I also agree. I think at the end of the day, like everyone from an employee's perspective, everyone has to do what's best for them. Um, if you don't love your job and you hate it there, but you're just trying to get a paycheck, I get it. If you are at your job, and you like your job. It's a, it's a good job, but you're, you're also just there to do the bare minimum, get a paycheck and go home and travel or take care of your family. Um, it, you may not have the bandwidth or the space or the interest to go above and beyond and, and step outside your, um, job description. And then there also are the people who, um, like, like both of us, I definitely put us in that space or who are, raising our hands for more and, and stepping outside of it. And I think that's because we identify so much with our jobs, um, whether that's good or bad is up to, to people's perception. But, um, 
I don't even, I think as I'm like talking through it, I don't even necessarily think there is like a good or bad. I don't think that's like the right question. I think it is. I think the, the, how we define quiet quitting in the beginning, I think it's a fact it's happening. It is what it is. And it really just comes down to, um, from an employer's perspective, are you aware of how your employees view their role, where they're at, what they're interested in, and then move forward based on that for whatever's best for them and your company. So first I want to say, so everyone that's listening, if you could comment on a better term for the term quiet quitting, I would like that because I want to be curious mm-hmm. to what people think. So, so what you were saying about good or bad. So I have a weird, and I don't know if I feel this way, but I'm, I'm asking you about it. Is that, mm-hmm. do you think that people that are quiet quitting are in a job that they probably shouldn't be in. And now I don't mean that we should fire them, but I'm saying they're not happy in that job. That job doesn't fulfill them. It doesn't excite them. And they should probably be doing something that's more interesting to them. Cause I think um, jumping in, if it's good or bad, I think it depends on the perspective, right? I think objectively it's not bad. Objectively they're doing the job that they're getting paid for and that's it. And that's fine. We'll leave it at that. But I think from the, from now, if, if you, that's objectively, but now if you look at it from both perspectives of a leader looking in or the person that's actually working, do you want to be in a job that you don't care about? Or do you want to be in a job where you just like, you don't want to do, and I'm not, and again, what we said about our setting boundaries, that's important. And we should never mm-hmm. stop setting boundaries, even if we're aggressively looking for the promotion. But I think being a bare minimum person for yourself, like I wouldn't feel happy about that. Right. I wouldn't be excited about a job where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do anything or I'm just going to stop as soon as, you know, whatever happens. Um, and then from a leadership perspective, um, you know, you want someone who's excited about their job. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, if your thought process is I want to, you know, exploit this person, that's, you know, oh, I'm going to give you a promotion if you work 12 hours. That's BS. Mm-hmm. But from perspective of they're excited about what they're doing, that's a person that I want to invest into. I hear you. I totally hear what you're saying. So I would, I was actually listening to um, a Jay Shetty podcast yesterday, which I haven't finished. And and some of the conversation there just came to my mind here. Um, the, I would push back on your train of thought with saying, I think with the questions that you're asking me and the, and the way your brain is framed in this conversation, you are assuming or from the perspective that an individual identifies with their job as like a top priority and like their occupation and career is like maybe top five. And I think it just depends on how people identify. Like, I think let's just say like, I don't fucking know, like say you're an accountant, you know, you're good at your job. You like your job, but that's not how you identify with like you are a father of four you and your family you have to you pick up your kids after school you go hiking and on weekend trips with your family on the weekends and like that's what gives you joy in life so like you're working you care about your job but that's not the be all end all to you and that's not necessarily how you just identify so I I don't 100% agree with your questions I, I I get that thought process and I, I don't disagree with it, but now let's, let's yeah. frame it into like tech. Like I feel like most people yeah. in tech who I'm using the word most, I don't know if I should say most, but I would say 
more than 50% of people in tech, that's how I'm going to frame most. So 51% counts too, but their jobs are pretty important to them or like Mm -hmm. the, the, the way they make money is pretty important to them. Let's put it, let's even not even go into that. Right. So I feel like when we frame it for tech, there are people that would like their jobs to be something that inspires them. But if they've never, like, I'll even say with, with the job that I have now, the job that we have, until I got there, I was a quiet quitter galore, right? I was hmm. Mr. Quiet Quitting. I was able, because like my job didn't require me, you know, as, as for me as a tech recruiter, getting four or five placements a month took not that much effort, right? Mm. And, it, and I didn't, I was like, cool, I'm getting paid, doing my job, right? But then when I got to this job, it started feeding me. And because it fed me, I put more time back into it, mm. right? So I think, and I agree with what you're saying, because yeah, and especially, um, you know, the more invested or more family life that we have outside, like right now I'm a single guy with a dog, like I have nothing better to do. Um, I play video games and I play with my dog. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. So it's different for me and I I 100% agree with that. But I do think that you could there are jobs out there that would turn quiet quitters into more engaged people with boundaries mm-hmm. right um but let's let's jump back a little bit because we we're talking about business leaders right um and we we're also talking about you know is quiet quitting good or bad and i think we both kind of went into it but let's talk about how do you think either way whether they think it's good or bad what do you how do you think business leaders should go about quiet quitting mm. <laughs> Damn, I feel like I could think about this for hours. Um, if I was a leader where I was concerned, and I don't know if concerned is the right term, but if I was maybe aware of individuals on my team who were quiet quitting as we define it, one, I would want to first make sure I had a clear understanding of their goals and their intent. And obviously like you would, you would need the assessment of if they're performing. So if, if they're meeting their, their OKRs or requirements, if they're fulfilling the requirements of their job and then if they are, so that would be the first step. And then if they are, and I'm still um, aware that they, they're kind of in that quiet quitting bucket, I think I would want to identify why. Um, so is it because you have other obligations and interests and commitment outside of work and this is what you can give, which is cool because that's what I'm paying you for. So it's like a level of awareness. Like I'm paying you to be a recruiter. I'm not paying you to be a lead recruiter and main mentor other people or a program manager and build projects like that ain't in the job description. So although like historically, I think so often people are rewarded for going above and beyond and doing more. That's not what you're getting paid for. So one level of awareness, understanding why and the intent, if it's, if it's a concern or question for that employee over, they're not happy in their job or they want to explore another route or another industry or function. Like how can I help them um, do that Um, and then move from there? So I think it really just starts with, 
one, are they, are they fulfilling the requirements and needs of their job? And then two, a level of a, a level of awareness and understanding around why they're in that space. Is there something I can do to help get them on the right path, put them in the right, the direction if what they're doing right now, isn't fulfilling their needs, goals, et cetera. I love that. I love that. And I think, so one of the things that you said, I say that to my friends all the time, you don't get promoted for the job that you're doing. You get promoted for everything you do on top of the job that you're mm-hmm. doing. Right. And I think that's a very quick sidebar to that. Sure. I just have to chime in agency days. We literally, it was like a thing. They would say you have to do, and I think it still happens so often. You have to do the job before you get it, which mm. this can be like a whole nother fucking episode, but I have like mixed feelings about that because I, one, I get it. Like you're, you're showcasing the skill that you have to fulfill that next level. But then two, like you ain't paying me for it. And three gender norms that I don't know the style off the top of my head right now, but it's, it goes down the tangent of like men, I'm going so far off track now, but, um, men are like, um, 85, I'm just throwing out sets. I don't think so. Men are like 85% more likely to apply to jobs that they're not fully qualified for. Yeah. And female, that, that percentage is way, way less. Um, but I digress. Um, I, I don't think even you're... remember my original intent. Of the conversation. I, I, I do. I do. I do. Cause I, I know, but cause I agree with, well, my thing is when it comes to like, you have to do the job before you get it. there's a big ass asterisk on that right yeah i'm not gonna do the manager job for six months before you recognize that i need to do it i will do manager tasks from time to time to showcase that i'm capable of doing it yeah but you can't be like oh you know what and this happened to me at what an agency to work at it's like oh we just fired your manager um you're the most senior person here hold the fort down till we hire another one but don't (laughs) apply but you can't apply to the manager job right that happened to me three times yeah. right yeah. um and it was just like okay like i guess that's something i have to do and you know i whatever it's fine right mm-hmm. and, and it's not fine but for me it was fine um but i think it comes down to so that's that's uh getting your sidebar um <laughs> but but when it comes to like in in general for a leader i i agree with what you're saying about that and for me it's like i think you need to be okay with people doing their jobs. But I think that as a leader, I want my entire team to be fully engaged. Mm-hmm. If I had my ideal scenario, everyone is a overachiever, right? Mm-hmm. Not from a manipulative point of view that I want to get the most out of them. I want, I just, that's a good energy to have of mm-hmm. people that are excited about what they do, right? So if I look at a group of quiet quitters, you can't feel negatively about them because they're doing their job. But I think you should ask, just like you said, find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. because you know i would say that most of the time when i've account- when i've came across quiet quitters it was because either the job wasn't challenging enough or the company or the culture or whatever it was wasn't giving them what they needed to feel that they wanted to do the more do more right. right so if your environment isn't made like that if you're not empathetic with your team if you're not transparent with your team if you make it feel like what they think doesn't matter then they stop trying to think and they just do what they need to do to get by Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think it comes when it comes down to to whether it's good or bad and what leadership wants to do. I think that, first of all, like we've been saying this entire time, it's you're getting the job that you need done. But I think if you want engagement, you have to look at yourself. It's more than leadership has to look at themselves because you're the reason your team 
acts the way they act, no matter what you mm-hmm. think, right? Because a lot of leaders will, you know, people that if we see someone who's a quote unquote bad leader, I don't like to use that term, but someone who's has a team that's not doing what, what the leader would want them to do, it's because they're not listening. It's because they're not communicating. It's not, they're not being empathetic. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think quiet quitting is actually, it has been great after the pandemic because people are able to decide that they don't have to be miserable at work. But again, I, I do hate that term. So please give us a new, new term. Whoever's mm-hmm. listening, find a new one. Redefining quiet quitting. I, you said a term before and I can't remember it about what, how, what you would call it. Um, I forget too. Redefining quiet quitting. Doing hmm. your job. That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's called doing your job. Uh, doing your job and no more. Yeah. No less. Yeah. I mean, that's it. And yeah. that's, and I just, I keep wanting to stress that that's okay because I've definitely heard a lot of people like talk negatively about quiet quitting and a lot of articles we read, they make it seem like the person that's quiet quitting is like a lesser employee, mm-hmm. which is, which, which irks me a little bit. Cause you can hear that it's it coming from like true, but I don't think that's, yeah, it's definitely not necessarily the case. They could be lesser in like, maybe they're not like skilled and that's why they're not going above and beyond but their value to the company is one-to-one to to someone doing their job if you wanted you know if you want a recruiter and you get a recruiter and you don't get a recruiter slash account manager slash you know portfolio analyst or whatever you can't be Mm -hmm. pissed about that right Mm -hmm. you can't be like oh this this person doesn't have you know like leadership skills okay they're they're a recruiter that's what you hire job description yeah you or if you want a senior (laughs) if you want a senior recruiter then pay for a senior recruiter rather than a regular medium recruiter um But, and, and something that we, we wrote down at the end of the day, like, um, quiet quitting comes down to your values. And I think that's huge in the sense that if you understand your team's values, then you know, A, if they're going to be quiet quitters or if they're going to be overachievers or if they really don't care, if they're going to be a, a, what not give a shitters, mm-hmm. um, you'll know that beforehand, you'll know what to expect and you can move in that direction. Yeah. Off the bat. Yeah, for sure. Like hopefully you've, you've managed enough to the point where you have a strong understanding of your team and their behaviors and what's important to them for sure. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So uh, I guess we just, at at the end of the day, we want to say if you are a quiet quitter, we support you. We're with you power to you. Right. Um, and it's, you know, don't feel, feel any type of way about that. You should be, you know, doing your job and proud about it. However, if you are a quiet quitter and you don't want to be, um, and you say that you actually would like to do more, but you're not in that environment, you know, look at what you're doing, look at your manager, talk to your manager, you know, don't say, Hey, I'm a quiet quitter. Help me not be one. Um, but look at what am I doing? What is my manager doing? And what do I need to become, get to that next level if I want to. Right. And like I said earlier, you know, it comes down to your values and it's like, what do you want right now? You know, someone can be a quiet quitter for a year. I had a friend of mine, he was a quiet quitter for five years at his job. And then he decided he wanted to go into IT, became a scrum master. And now he's climbing. He's already a manager after like three or four years. Mm -hmm. Right. So six years of quiet quitting and then four years of getting promoted every year. So it's up to you. It's always, and every answer is fine as long as you're happy, I think. Yeah. And then adding from the management perspective side of that leadership perspective, are you aware of your team? 
Are you aware of where all of your employees stand, where they're at, where they're, what's, what they're interested in, what their goals are, um, and how that aligns with, with the needs of your business? And, and I know we're, we're quote unquote wrapping up. This might be a huge tangent, but I think one thing that should be really, really like we should do more of as leaders is if someone's not a good fit for your team, but you know, they'd be amazing in a different team or they'd be amazing in a different function. Can we start like working towards helping these people do that? And I know there are people mm-hmm. out there that do do that. Um, but I think that's huge because you can turn a quiet quitter into a rock star like that with the correct role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's exactly what happened to me when I, when I was told to about the role that I'm in now it changed my life. Like I will never, I can't even exaggerate the level Aww. of difference. Yeah. Right. I went from someone who was collecting a check, doing my job. Well, I was beating yeah. every single target, but the effort I was putting in was probably like 40% to someone now who like gets energy from there. So if you're a leader, just like Fran said, listen to your team and be an advocate. Even if this person's going to end up leaving your team, whatever it may be, just be an advocate for your team. Um, and that had nothing to do with quiet quitting, but I think it's something that we're both passionate about. Um, but, but let us know your thoughts. Are you a quiet quitter? Why? What do you think about it? Do you care? Do you not care? Or do you want to care? What is it? What's the whole thought process for everyone that, that believes themselves to be a quiet quitter? And if you're not a quiet quitter, what are your thoughts on it? Thanks everyone. Sincerely, Fran and Shubo.